This morning, I mentioned earlier on that we're speaking today about the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit convicts us. And this is a really broad topic, and it can be overwhelming. And as you prepare a sermon like this, this is one of those weeks where I just feel like, wow, God, I am so ill-prepared for this message. So God, this is up to you. And God, there's so much in this. And perhaps down the road, we're going to circle back and do a more in-depth series on convictions. How the Holy Spirit convicts us, what our convictions are. I think it'd be something worth exploring. But for this morning, we'll do some highlights and some key themes. It's not comprehensive. You might end up saying, Mike, but you missed this. But Mike, you missed that. And I'll say, yes, yes, I did. And that's okay. We're going to give some highlights. And... I pray we each have an open heart to hear what God is saying, and maybe God is working on convicting us of something this morning. As much of the last year, as much as the last year has been a season of COVID, I've really become more and more aware that this has been a season of conviction. Everyone seems to have what they consider to be a strong and thought-out conviction about the situation we are in with COVID, what is needed, and how we should respond. Anybody else got that sense from others? Yeah. Our convictions in our culture are so strong in this season that we're becoming more and more polarized in our culture, dismissing others and at times insulting and belittling others. It's hard to watch especially when it overflows into the church. And I weep for our world as we continue to become more and more divided. The challenge becomes even greater when the convictions we hold that are divisive look like they're rooted in faith. But this isn't anything new. This is an age-old issue with convictions. Let me give you an example that I think some of us will be familiar with from Scripture. Jesus encounters a group of religious leaders who are convinced that a woman deserves to be punished for being caught in adultery. It's a story that really stinks a little bit. Because, well, if they caught her, where's the guy? He was caught in adultery too, wasn't he? And then how the heck did they catch her? but they hold the conviction that she should be stoned for her sin as the Torah taught. They know they are right. And they're also wanting to get a certain response from Jesus. But Jesus doesn't give them the response they want. He writes in the sand something and tells them, whoever is without sin can throw the first stone. They walk away one after another. Somehow, they'd been convicted of something else. The first conviction was something that they held. The other one was something they were convicted of by Jesus, the Son of God. Their conviction seemed accurate according to their teachings. But Jesus convicted them anew and they walked away. And I think there's a warning in there for us as followers of Jesus to ensure that we hold with conviction, the, the convictions we hold to our spirit-led 
and not just rooted in our own understanding. And we're going to look at this a bit this morning. More specifically, the Holy Spirit is convicted. But really, like I said, we're just going to touch on the topic. This is really worth more of a sermon series, and I'm thinking about when can we do that. So many good topics for that. So how do we know what convictions to believe? How do we know the Holy Spirit is the one convicting us? And I'll be honest, if I had a clear answer on this, I could write a book. Because I, in my experience, it's not the same for each and every one of us. I think the consistency is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, but I know people who are convicted because the Holy Spirit audibly speaks to them. Other people, it's a whisper in their soul. Other people, they're convicted because the community of faith speaks and God speaks a message through people to them that they hear and resonate in the depths of their hearts. So it's a challenge. And knowing what the Spirit is saying is more complicated than ever, I think, in some ways. And it shouldn't be. But in the world we live in, there's a lot of noise. But I think Scripture gives us some guidance that can help us if we're willing to pay attention to what Scripture is telling us. The Holy Spirit convicts us through the Word of God of who God is. Scripture itself is an accountability tool for us. The Holy Spirit, who inspired Scripture, will not contradict himself. And so what we are convicted of should align with Scripture. So we have a way of testing our convictions to see if they are of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us as we listen or read the Word of God. Now, to be clear, that doesn't mean our understanding of Scripture is always correct. And we need to listen with an open heart and mind to what the Spirit is saying and what Scripture is calling us to. In the working through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit works to convict us of who God is and God's desire to be in a relationship with us. The Holy Spirit also convicts us together in community. We see in Acts 15, the early church having to discuss a significant issue they were facing about circumcision and the Gentiles. There are divisions on this topic as both sides are holding to strong convictions. And they chose to discern together in community. And so together the apostles and the elders came together to hear what the Spirit was saying. And it seems also that the larger church was even a part of the process to discern what was right. To discern what their convictions should be about circumcision and the Gentiles. They discerned what their convictions should be going forward. They discerned their shared convictions in community. And this is something that's been done historically, where we see the Holy Spirit work through the gathered church to discern key truths, as we see done historically with the creation of the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed where large groups of people from all over came together and the Spirit worked in the midst of them to help them discern what was true amidst a variety of teachings that people were teaching that were leading people away from the truth. And if you think, well, that's not a big deal. Have you ever tried to get 100 people in a room to agree on something? Wow. It's hard enough when you've got a group of five or six 
But when you get hundreds from all over and all thinking they're absolutely right, that's a working of the Spirit. We see it again throughout history with the Reformation movement and our early Anabaptist history as people discerned together God's leading and calling on them. They did it in community. And we still practice this today as a church and as a denomination as we work to discern together directions and decisions. Our our Mennonite Brethren Confession of Faith is this ongoing living document where we discern together with other brothers and sisters in Christ what the truths are that we're holding to and what the languages we need to use in our time to express those truths. It's one of the things I've loved about joining the MB family is this sense of community discernment that we have. And even in our congregation that we discern together. That's why we're having a congregational meeting on the 25th. Is to discern together. To be together and hear the Spirit speaking and hear what the Spirit's saying through each of us. And then discern together. Now, community discernment is great, but there's a challenge. And the challenge with community discernment today is that it is so easy to find like minded people who agree with us and avoid those who th- see things differently. We can find the websites we want, the speakers who say the same things. We can find people who substantiate and support what we believe. This is one of the challenges with COVID, right? Everybody's got supporting evidence for their point of view. We may disagree with it, but they've got evidence that from their perspective and worldview, they hold to. We do the same thing in the church. We hold to our favorite speakers, our favorite podcasts, our favorite authors. And they're all part of the body of Christ, and I value that but we can pick and choose. They become yes people. Scripture tells us, though, we need the whole body of Christ. Each part of the body is important, so we need to recognize that to discern in community, we cannot pick and choose the ones that agree with us. This means we need humility to hear from other points of view, to maybe even realize that maybe we're a little bit off on something. Or maybe we're missing another perspective. And this is a huge challenge theologically, too. We can get a group of theologians together from North America in a room. But you know what we're missing then? We're missing our brothers and sisters' perspectives from Africa, who have a very different experience in reality and in life than what we do in North America. And God is at work there in wonderful ways. We need the whole perspective of the body of Christ as we discern together, I believe. But God also works in the smaller communities too as we seek to be together. But we need to hear what God is saying to others, to listen together, to discern where we may be off track, and to hear the Spirit speaking to the whole body of believers and not just hearing what we wish to hear. Now I want to switch gears just a little bit and look at the Scripture passage this morning where in 1 Corinthians 2... Starting in verse 6, we read a passage, and thank you, Carrie and Kathy, for that. It's a passage that speaks to us about the role of the Spirit and the message God has given us in contrast with the message of the world. In many ways, this is a passage about convictions. In verse 6, we read, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. The truth we speak from Scripture is wisdom. It's wisdom found in the Word of God that the Holy 
Spirit spoke through the work of those who recorded it down. And Scripture is a part of our discerning of what we believe, and that is a Spirit-led process because it's wisdom from God. But Paul makes a clarification about the wisdom we teach. It's not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. And we need to remember there's always trends and ideas and topics and themes that come out in our culture that are a priority. And they inevitably work their way into the church somehow. And we live in the world, and so we engage with these themes and topics. And it seems at times we, we have this temptation to become more like the world, and we hold to their truth, and we see that as wisdom. And we're led astray. This is why we need to root ourselves in Scripture. Paul's reminding us here that the wisdom we receive from God is not the same as the wisdom from the world. And we need to discern that. Our convictions need to be rooted in Scripture and the working of the Spirit, not the truths of this world. We read in verse 7. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So what we speak is the truth of Christ found in the word of God as we are convicted by the Holy Spirit through the scriptures. This mystery is in part who God is and what God has planned for us from the beginning of time. And then we get to the next part in verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord our God, or the Lord of glory. The truths we teach here are foreign to the world. The truth the Spirit convicts us of does not make sense to the world, and they don't understand it. Earlier in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 1, we read that, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and foolishness to the Gentiles. Our message is foolishness to much of the world. So how does anyone believe what to them is a foolish message? The same way we came to believe it the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives to convict us of who Jesus is and what he means to us. We come to a place of humility, a sense that we can't do this ourselves, and we open ourselves up to the Spirit speaking into our lives, and we listen, and we believe. And the message takes root in our lives and grows in us, building us up until it's this conviction that we hold to, Verses 9 to 10. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. God has revealed his truth to us through his Spirit. And it's a truth that's not rooted in human thought and logic. It's not something we just make up and come up with. When we hold convictions that directly parallel convictions in the world, we need to pause and question where those convictions are coming from. Scripture is so clear that God's way is different than the world's way. And when they look too much alike, I think we need to rethink and revisit and listen to ensure we know what the Spirit is telling us. The message we communicate is not our message or the message of the world but it's something the Spirit convicts us of. And our job becomes to tell the story, to speak the truth, to proclaim Jesus Christ to the world as the Son of God, who lived, who was crucified, died, and rose again, and ascended into heaven, and will one day return. But we need to be clear. 
is our job to share that story of truth and the love of God. It is not our job to convict people. And the church has failed on this time and time again. Paul explores what we receive when we are convicted by the Spirit. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. The Spirit enables us to understand what God has given us. Again, it's the Spirit's job to convict us, not our job to convict others. As the Spirit convicts us, we gain this deeper understanding that the Spirit has given us. We continue reading in verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Paul is again making it clear that we see things differently through the Spirit. He's making it clear that our understanding of God comes from the Spirit and not the world. I think too often we want to make our faith palatable to people who don't believe. We're worried we can't convince them. Or we want to avoid their criticism, defend their objections, and clarify misunderstandings. Or maybe we have our own doubts as we live in the world. And those show up. And so we change the message so that the world would like it better. So maybe it's not as foolishness to the world. But when we do that, when we change the message, it's our attempt to, to convict others and shows our lack of trust and faith in God to work through His Spirit just as His Spirit worked in our lives. We need to be convicted by the Spirit and not the world. The world needs to be convicted by the Spirit and not by us. And this is an ongoing process. And sin is an incredible example of something the Holy Spirit convicts us of. Yes, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sinfulness. We teach this. He convicts us of our sin, of broken relationships that need healing and reconciliation. He even convicts us of sins we're unaware that we're committing. Unfortunately, this would be an area where we try and do the work of the Spirit. We know what's wrong, and so we make sure others know what they're doing wrong. We make sure others know what's sinning they're doing. And somehow along the way, we don't stop and listen to people's stories, learn their hearts, hear their struggles. We don't even stop to ask or hear where God might be at work in their lives. We just jump to their needing to be convicted of sin, and if the Holy Spirit's not doing it fast enough, we better get on it and make sure they know. Maybe we're just making ourselves feel better by pointing out what we don't like about them. Part of the problem is when we point out other people's sin, it gives us the opportunity to stop looking at our own lives and listening to the Spirit's conviction of us. Isn't it ironic that something we feel they need conviction of is our way of avoiding that very thing? Rather than delighting in the grace and forgiveness of Christ, we try to make ourselves look better, more palatable, and avoid being convicted by the Spirit in our own lives by making others look bad and making sure they feel like garbage because they're such horrible sinners. 
Sin's a real issue. Don't get me wrong. But conviction belongs to the Spirit, not us. We need to slow ourselves down, examine our own hearts and motives. We need to listen more to others and to the Spirit before we determine if the Spirit is speaking and leading us to share something. I do believe if we listened to the Spirit more and spoke for the Spirit less, we would be healthier as churches and have a stronger witness in the world. I think we would be stronger in faith if we allowed the Spirit to examine our hearts and minds rather than focusing on examining others ourselves. I think it's easy for us to convict others so we don't have to hear the Spirit's convictions of us. The Spirit knows what we need to be in right relationship with God, which is the goal, isn't it? Isn't the goal a restored relationship with our Creator? Remember, we need to remember as we discuss sin, which according to the passage Ben preached from last week, the Spirit convicts us not just of sin, but also righteousness. That passage puts those together for a reason. And it's a good reminder to us that addressing sin is not the end goal of the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't exist just to say, whoa, you're a bad person, see you later. It's not the goal of the Spirit. Yet the church has done that. A restored relationship with God is the goal of the Spirit. The Spirit knows where we are at, and the Spirit works at the pace and timing that the Spirit knows is needed. But are we listening? Are we listening to what the Spirit says about us in our lives, but also hearing what the Spirit is saying to others around us and what the Spirit is doing in the lives of others around us? Are we listening for what the Spirit is calling us to be in relationship to those around us? We need to slow down, breathe, and listen to the breath of God in our lives. And wait upon God. And root ourselves in the love of God. As we listen. Which leads me to the last thing I want to share this morning. And it's maybe a question. What is the most important thing to you that the Spirit can convict us of? What's the most important thing that the Spirit should convict us of? Well, let's put together what the Spirit does convict us of. The Spirit convicts us of who God is through the Word of God, through the Spirit's working in our lives to help us understand those truths. The Spirit convicts us together in community and through community. And the Spirit convicts us of sin and righteousness. We read in Ephesians 1, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. The Holy Spirit convicts us of who we are in God's eyes and who he desires us to become. And who are we in God's eyes? You might recognize this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We are the loved ones of God. We are the image bearers of God's creation. We are the ones who Christ died for. Why? Because God loves us. And so it comes down to this. In a world with dozens of messages that desire to pull us away from God, that desire to minimize who we are and belittle us, the Holy Spirit is sent to be with us at all times for us to listen to. And as the Spirit speaks, the Spirit is convicting us of this one and ultimate truth. It's the truth that gives context as to why the Holy Spirit convicts us as to who God is. The Holy Spirit who convicts us about sin and righteousness and judgment. And the truth is this. The Holy Spirit is convicting us that we are valuable and loved by God and God wants a relationship with us to help us become more and more who he created us to be and to help us understand our worth to God and to draw us into his kingdom away from this worldly kingdom that is hurtful and destructive and takes us away from God. He calls us to be his community here on earth with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Everything else that God convicts us of is about pulling us into his kingdom and being in relationship with him. There is no reason for the Spirit to convict us of who God is if there's no relationship with God. There's no reason for the Spirit to convict us of sin if there is no room for healing from our brokenness. There's no reason for the Spirit to draw us to God if there is no love for us. But there is healing for our brokenness. There is a relationship with God, and God loves us. And the Holy Spirit convicts us that we are loved by God. This is the primary role of the conviction of the Holy Spirit for us to know we are loved and draw us into a healthy and whole relationship with the triune God where we can hear the Spirit speaking to us because God wants a relationship with each of us. And we come back to the words of Jesus in Revelation. I think this will come up throughout this whole Holy Spirit series. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. So be it. Do you hear what the Spirit is saying to you? Can you drown out the noise and just listen to the Spirit in your life and hear the Spirit saying you are valuable and I love you and I want to work in your life to renew you and restore you and to make you a part of my people because I love you. You are worthy. You are an image bearer of our God. You are loved so much that our God sent his Son for you. These are the convictions we need to hold on to from the Spirit. And we need to share these truths with people so they will be convicted by the Spirit too, to know these things. And God's kingdom will grow and be built up. Let us who have ears hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Amen.